Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you ask me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. So I'm glad we finally get to do this because I've been looking at, you know, your LinkedIn page and everything, everything you want to do because you're a sophomore, right? I am, yeah. I'm a second. And, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, obviously life evolves over time, but I feel like for you, things have clicked in the sense of like, you know your why already, you know what motivates you. And I'm Mm -hmm. always very inspired by people who have kind of figured it out, especially at a young age, because I'm a senior in college. And again, not to say that we've figured it out in any sense, the imagination, Mm -hmm. we're motivated enough to go after, you know, our dreams early on in our lives. So Mm -hmm. I guess just to like get started and everything, I wanted to pick your brain about some of like your early life experiences, you know, growing up, um, you know, north of the border, I guess, because I'm I'm in Arizona, you're all the way up north. Um, and I kind of wanted to pick your brain about your experiences again, like growing up, what kind of molded your current mentality, you know, going into business? Yeah. So I can definitely tell you a bit about myself. Uh, I have a very like multicultural background. It's interesting. Uh, since a very young age, I'm born in Cairo, Egypt, uh, born in Alexander. Now I live in Egypt, but at the age of six, uh, I moved to South Africa. My dad used to work there, lived there for five years. Then we, I came back because of the Egyptian revolution. Uh, but yeah, academics wasn't that great. Uh, just my parents always believe in this motto of like, we live and we grow. Like we want you guys to be better than us. And oh, yeah. so yeah, at the age of 13, 2014, uh, we went to the US. Uh, we, toured, we toured a school in uh, California. It was co-ed uh, in front of the beach, but my parents didn't, didn't really want that. Just, they didn't feel safe because it was a boarding school and they, they were going to leave. So uh, we went, we, we're both swimmers. Um, we've been swimming for 15 years. We stopped last year. But so we went to, uh, to Virginia, a, a military boarding school. Uh, there was an Egyptian swimmer there. He told us about the school. He was state champion. Now he's an Olympic swimmer. So uh, he's uh, really good. So, um, so yeah, we went to this military boarding school. Um, 
and it was extremely tough. It was uh, very, very tough. Like you just have a set schedule. And uh, if you talk about my mentality, it kind of went from there, just how military school changed my life. And I made a video about that actually on LinkedIn. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, it was extremely tough because because like I was in charge of people uh, my age and older. And the people after my like first two years, the people that went there were people that their their parents couldn't handle. So I had to handle like everything, like from 5:30 in the morning till 10 p.m. I'm in charge of them, wow. and we didn't we didn't have our phones. So in there, like all the focus was either in academics, uh, and most of the stress was on my hallway uh, or on my company because I ended up being the battalion commander where I was in charge of the whole school, 450 people. Uh, I was also the salutatorian, uh, I was ranked second. So the focus, you know, like social media drifts us away, none of that LinkedIn stuff. Yeah. Even my parents, I couldn't really call them, call them every week, every on the weekends. We had like a home phone, but that also had time restrictions. And they live in Egypt, so there was like a seven or six hour time difference. But the, that journey kind of taught me the leadership uh, from a very young age. How I uh, like, because I could have, I could have punished people. I had a stick pad and all this that what he called it. But for me, my mindset was different. Uh, I didn't want to abuse my power. A lot of people there did, did that, but I tried to inspire even people that had rank. I'm like, go talk to them, see what's wrong. Like this, it's a very tough place to be in. But don't just punish them because that's the easiest thing to do. Uh, because people used to disrespect them and uh, they're every, every day. Like, uh, but for me, it was about inspiring them and um, and just sitting like, okay, what's wrong? Like, don't just punish them because that kind of gave them that wrong mindset about you. And I wanted to earn the respect, not, okay, I have rank on my collar. Give me respect right now because that's not how it used to work in uh, our school. So yeah, then after I graduated, it felt like, felt like to be honest, our graduation was just amazing because it felt like we're out of jail. We <laughs> built that brotherhood. It was crazy. Like built that brotherhood. Um, uh, everybody was crying, so it was very nice. And I had like a speech to do. Uh, I can definitely send you that because it was very. It was one of my first. Like I used to talk to like 450 people. This one was in front of thousands, and it was all eyes on me so it's, I was wow. I was nervous in the beginning but when you're up there I don't know you know when you feel like I don't know you're you're just talking to yourself <laughs> I was nervous first 10 seconds and I felt like I'm just talking to myself so it's very easy so yeah um military school I can definitely speak about for so long so I don't want to talk about that too much but that definitely was my life-changing experience going into military school as a mommy's boy and coming out literally she did everything for me and coming out as a person that's very independent, that does makes their own decisions, that has leadership skills, that thinks thinks differently. And nowadays, like I literally cannot go back. Like even my my friends that were I was friends in high school, it's just the mindset is different. Like I can barely it's not like I, I can I can barely hang out with them because they put that negative energy in me and I'm I'm all about positive feeling. Literally everything is positive. Uh, so yeah, so after that, I was going to stay in um, the U.S. Uh, my dream school was uh, Stanford. I got waitlisted after literally uh, doing like 20 essays, got uh, rejected in the end. Still a dream. Hopefully it comes true. I got accepted UCLA, Northeastern, Northwestern, Arizona State, uh, Boston, Penn State, a lot of good schools. Hampton, Sydney was all boys again. 
I got a full ride there, but I was like, none of that all boys again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so my brother, uh, he was actually going to go to, he got a big scholarship at Arizona State for swimming uh, with Bob Bowman, uh, Michael Phelps' coach, so it's a big one. Uh, but my brother, like, he chose Waterloo because we both go to Waterloo now um, because he felt like, is this going to be my career? Like, yeah, he was state champion, but should I go to a school for swimming or should I go to something for education? So, uh, yeah, he went to uh, Waterloo and he really liked the co-op program. We graduate with two years of experience. So, yeah, my parents in the beginning of the summer, my mom was like, before my senior year, she was, like, she was like, I want you to go with your brother. And my dad was like, do whatever he seems best. So the end of that summer, they were both kind of against me. But of course, like the best decision, uh, they were just supporting my uh, what they think is best. And I was still hesitant on which to choose. But during my senior year, I was like, you know what? I'll apply to Waterloo and University of Toronto. And I just like the co-op program. I like that I want to keep the brotherhood with my brother. So I went to Waterloo uh, 2019, September. I didn't really like it that much in the beginning because everybody knew me in military school. And now we're in the real world, kind of, and 37,000 people. You're walking alone. Not everybody's saying hi, Ahmed, and all this. <laughs> so uh, um, after two, two months, I, I had friends. Uh, I started liking it. And people in that school, like, if you're not studying, you're doing it wrong. So it's, the people were very like-minded, uh, unopposed to military school. And they were just talking, speaking business. I still wasn't in that business mindset. Uh, yeah, I'm majoring in economics and business, minoring in entrepreneurship. Uh, my dad, I come from a very entre entrepreneurial background. Uh, so comes, I believe, December, uh, January 2020, my brother, my dad was like, Sam, my, uh, to my brother, Samer, he was like, make, make him a LinkedIn account and stuff. Um, I was like, no, like, what's the point of that? Like, there's no reason to do that. Uh, so that just, that drifted away and then COVID happened and I wanted to apply to jobs and just to strengthen my resume uh, when I applied to co-op, uh, like this is my first co-op right now that I'm currently in. So, so yeah, I was like, okay, let me apply to jobs through that. And my brother showed me a strategy and I, and I, I, and I had like a simple profile, nothing, nothing more, like just very simple, got, got a job. And then uh, I went back to Egypt because of COVID. So and then my, my dad and I were talking and then he was like, let's, let's get on LinkedIn. Like, uh, could be a good opportunity. So we started posting two to three times a, a week, but nothing, nothing in mind. Like I was using other people's posts uh, and I, I like, I love writing. So I used to do the writing, but I used to in other, other people's posts, but not like my personal brand or anything. But yeah, in the beginning I was discouraged because I was still 18 at the time. Like, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to be doing this? Uh, like, nobody, like, I don't have this business knowledge, you know? So I was like, I was very discouraged. But this, this turning point for me was like, okay, I actually want to get into the business mindset. It's time for me to, like, set my future. I think is uh, with being humble, but I just feel different than my, the people my age. Uh, just mindset-wise, that's the where I see myself. When I talk to them, like, they're very negative or they just don't have, they're not very ambitious. Um, so I, I see like that kind of trait in me that I could really do this in a very young age. And um, uh, so that, that, that was one thing that kind of was like, okay, let me do this. So in the beginning I was getting like seven, eight likes and all this. 
But uh, I had this conversation with my dad. We told ourselves, like, let's not focus on numbers. Let's focus focus on the part of adding value to others. Uh, numbers will come, but if you start being consistent, and uh, consistency is very key. That's the number one thing in my life. Uh, and being committed, of course. Uh, so, yeah, one day, w- one of my posts went trending to 2,000 likes. I was like, okay, like, this, this really, this could be something. So I started say, being consistent. I post every day now. In December 2020, I was like, let me, let me turn everything to my personal brand. Tell everybody my story. And I have a lot of experiences in a very young age. So I have a lot to say. I like writing. I like just speaking. Uh, and it, a lot of fears came out. Like that disadvantage I thought of me being 18 at the time is an advantage to me now. Everybody looks at looks to me and is like, "You're doing this at the age of 19," so that's that's something. It's a more motivational. It's like inspiring people to people uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 40 years older older than me. I get opportunities in podcasts, uh, which is really good. I never expected I would. Uh, speaking events. I spoke at an event last two weeks ago. 48,000 people. So that was crazy. Um, so yeah, I know I talked a lot, but uh, I can definitely talk more. <laughs> but uh, that's a little bit about me, and uh, that's where like my focus is is on now. No, but I totally agree with you in the sense of like, yeah, like you go back home and your friends aren't quite in the like the same mindset as you. They're not as ambitious, not as self disciplined in mm-hmm. a sense because it's like it's not even like they're toxic. Some people are toxic, and you realize, yeah, like, okay, these people aren't going to make me better. But then there's some friends that you have that they just don't have the same mindset at you, and you know, at the end of the day. You keep hanging out with them. They're not going to make you better. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of responsibility to, again, put on a young kid. Like, all the responsibilities you had. You talked about, you know, being well more independent afterwards. Like, when you talk about, you know, being, quote, unquote, a mama's boy and stuff, yeah. do you mean financially or, like, did she make your bed, all that all that crap? Or, like... Yeah, yeah, no. She, she used to do my bed. And, yeah. and right now, like, uh, yeah, I get, pay- I get paid now, so it's, everything's independent. But I used to not get paid, of course, in the back, like, uh, that back then. But it was more of, she did, she did my food, she did my laundry, she did my, I was spoiled in a sense, uh, but now it's different. Like, <laughs> I have to, I'm, I'm responsible for everything. I have to make my food every day. I have to make my laundry, my bed, make sure everything's clean. So, yeah, it was in that sense for sure. Wow. And on a business side, do you feel like you're uh, kind of addicted to everything when it comes to like LinkedIn posting every day? Because I have felt, you know, getting into a consistent rhythm with everything. It's just like, I have to do it or else I'm not going to feel good about myself that day. Like it's the thing in the back of my head, whether I write it down or not, like, okay, I got to post at least once or I got to keep things consistent because consistency at the end of the day is the key. Exactly. It's definitely key. I tell everybody that like, because if I didn't stay consistent, I just uh, stayed with that eight likes and just left. Who would have thought I would get 2,000 likes? Who would have thought I would be averaging those numbers now? But it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's not about the numbers. But of course, sometimes you want to see the numbers. But uh, I see, like, I love when people message me and they're like, like, this is very inspirational or this helped me in this day or I get opportunities. So people kind of see the value in my, in my messages. So... That's kind of like how consistency is very key uh, to not stray away from that. So that's very key. And um, yeah, so that's how uh, kind of yeah, 
I go I mean, for sure. at the end of the day, if you're passionate about it, like that's all that matters. That's the foundation. And then exactly. people are going to see that passion and your passion is going to ride. Through mm-hmm. them. That's what ultimately is going to build everything up. That's, that's kind of the domino effect, the, the reactionary thing where everybody sees your stuff. And then ultimately you get to the point where you want to be. Mm-hmm. When did you start, you know, realizing that from a number standpoint, like, like you said, it's not about the numbers, but like, it, it's nice to see. When did you get to that point? What, what post was kind of the breakthrough thing for you? And how did you, you know, realize what you had to do to get those numbers? Um, so, mm, like in the beginning, because a lot of people are consumed by the numbers, everybody, like oh, all yeah. these influencers and all that, but because uh, I was getting inspired by the people, business professionals as well. Like uh, the breakthrough post for me was, I was, I was saying like uh, certificate or skill, uh, question mark. And then people were just commenting and I was just going crazy. Uh, and it was just a simple post. But nowadays it's just, I understand people's, I understand what the people want to like know or want to, because right now we're in the COVID time. A lot of people aren't getting that much, like don't, don't have much money or they just don't, aren't getting jobs. So I can't talk to them and be like, give them entrepreneurship tips or business tips. But I, I kind of, I, I have this, I analyze all my posts as well. And okay, what works well, what, what doesn't, but now it's like, okay, what, what can I do to kind of, uh, up their mood or boost their mood? Should I talk about like boosting their confidence? How can you boost your confidence? you uh, be kind to others or just be positive. So talk about success, stuff like that. So talk about the positive side of things. And that's how I, that's because anything that I like, because it's hard to also think about posts every day or content. But um, I talk about my, I talk to my dad every day about like business for an hour or two, just uh, very consistent every day. Uh, something we're very passionate about now. And um, the, like in, in any topic that I, I speak about, I'm like, okay, like this portrays me that day. Maybe I'm, I wasn't feeling that good, good that day. So let me speak about how I kind of overcame that day or, what, what I did, you know? So that's how I get the content. Uh, as far as the numbers, it was just, I felt like, I just felt the, the value. I felt like I was doing something. And to be honest, right now, there's a lot like on my plate because I'm not just doing LinkedIn, you know? So I'm working right now, full-time job, part-time job, uh, trying to, I, I, like my goal is to be a young entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm working on that business project. One of my closest friends, um and i have i'm also taking one or one, like two courses in school so there's a lot you know so like i have to prioritize everything and that's something i learned from military school just managing my time planning ahead uh like literally when you messaged me i was like okay i have to look at my schedule be that day okay 10 10 a.m that works for me put in that like plan ahead like i have a whole whiteboard and just uh, schedule google calendar and stuff like that just so i don't because I, I'm also a perfectionist in, in me. So if I'm very passionate about something, I don't want to put it down or just forget about it. Uh, but I need to prioritize. And that's very important to just having a lot in my plate. Oh, yeah. I mean, I picked that up in the emails. You're, you're asking me for the time details. I'm like, I should probably get this guy a Zoom link sooner or later. He, he's definitely <laughs> well organized in that sense. Yeah. No, but that's very important to me, you know, going back to what you were talking about in the sense of posting what you were feeling that day. Because when it comes to social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, people tend to post just their successes, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's almost fake in a sense because you're seeing what they're putting out there being like, oh man, their life is so much better than mine. It's just like, no, they made it look pretty, right? 
Like mm-hmm. nobody's posting their failures. Only you know very few people out of seven billion exactly. people on this planet are posting about their failures when they're on social media. So I think it's mm-hmm. very important that you you know you you take what you what, what your what your current mindset is good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever it is, and you're able to relay that message to a wider audience on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. kind of tell people that it's okay in a sense that like no yeah. perfect everybody has their struggles everybody's going through something and you're able to get that message across i think that's very inspiring and you know you talk about you being a totally different person you are today than you were before military you talk about you know not being self-sufficient and you know being a mama's boy in that sense but what other qualities did you have like were you always you know always looking for the positive thing or were there moments where you were negative? Because again, as a young, naive kid, we all get you know sucked into net negativity. Yeah. Almost its own disease, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, to be honest, it's probably just definitely through many different experiences. I was never a bad kid. Uh, my my parents grew me up like it, was, it wasn't at, like super strict, but that, that that schedule I'm telling you about was also present. Like I'm, I was an A student in in Egypt. I was. Uh, and we also had the strict schedule of like waking up every morning at 4:30 a.m., going to morning swimming morning practice, then straight from there going to school. Then from school, my mom used to pick me up, give like get the food, and then we used to go to afternoon practice. And after afternoon practice, we used to go to like gym or like fitness. And then we we're just dead, like lying in 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 back of the car, and like trying to come back and finish our homework. So that strict schedule is already there. Um, uh, but uh, when you kind of get like the like, exposed to many different cultures or experiences, like um, and this is also by my support, by the support of my family, like my parents, definitely, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, just them supporting me, them sending me to the, a good school, uh, them advising me and giving me lessons whenever I do things wrong, and that's very important for me. Whenever I do something wrong, I, I don't like I don't like letting myself down. Just like learning from my mistakes and improving. That's the main thing for me, um, instead of repeating it again. So uh, I don't have a concrete answer for this, but it's definitely through my experiences. Um, that's that's who kind of made the meet who I am today. No, I mean, it's through those experiences, like you said, where you're able to shape and mold and who you want to be. Because at this point in our lives, I feel like if you're not in the mindset of like, you only live one. I mean, that's a very cheesy thing to say. That's like the <laughs> ultimate cheesy thing to say. Um, almost like the mecca of cheesy things to say. But you know, it's true. Like, do you want to waste your time being negative, or do you want to look for the positive in everything? Because if you look for the positive in everything, you know, I mean, maybe five times out of ten, like you're not going to be able to get out of it. Like Murphy's law says, if something will go yeah, wrong, sure. everything goes wrong. But, you know, a, a good amount of the time, too, if you're able to find the positives out of ne- negatives, you're able to create things that weren't necessarily possible if you weren't in that mindset. You know, you're able mm-hmm. to create more opportunities, more friendships, relationships that you didn't think you were going to have because you were able to depict the positive attributes in a negative situation, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And I can even tell you, like, something, because as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a perfectionist in my own and. I like just striving for the best. So a situation when I wasn't the best in something like swimming, I was doing this for since the age of five till the age of 17, Yeah, uh, 12 years. So it was a lot, but 
I was still doing it maybe because my brother is there uh, and I was doing it since a young age, so I had to continue. I played other sports. Once I just didn't find I was the best in, like soccer, like tennis. But my main sport was definitely swimming until my senior year. Uh, but um, I was upset of myself because I, like when I'm not passionate about something, I wasn't putting that much effort uh, or just forth my effort or like best of my ability. But it still made me upset because I always strive to be the best. So that could be this, that could be something where, okay, like in academics, Moving on to uh, university, I still want to be have the highest grades in university. Uh, maybe right now because like okay, I see myself as this leader as this leader, so I want to strive to be have this uh, business project. Let me lead this. Um, and uh, and for me, I like leading others. Uh, sometimes you have to be the follower, which is no problem. And learning from others is definitely key. But uh, I definitely like working smart, not hard in that sense. Of uh, if I'm in step one, let's say, and uh, and someone and someone is very kind of passionate about something or is very knowledgeable that's older than me, uh, I don't like getting discouraged in that sense. But I like actually reaching out to them, uh, and if they can help me reach step ten in the same duration of time I reach step two, then that's working smart, not hard. And uh, a lot of people are discouraged to do that, but I kind of learned like if I want to kind of skyrocket or I want to reach where I want to be. Hopefully, um, I have to reach out to people and just learn from their mistakes, learn from what they're doing right now, and just see their success story. Did you find that difficult at first, you know, listening instead of you being a leader? Because, like, I, I find it very easy to get into a position if you're a leader to say, like, okay, here are my experiences, here's what I've learned from, now go disperse among yourselves when now mm. you're taking a back seat and having to take advice from someone else. Cause I think at this age, like it's a very valuable asset to have that ability to again, be a leader, but at the same time, uh, go, sit on the sidelines, listen to someone else, you know, depict different things and gain more knowledge over mm. a certain subject that you didn't necessarily know before or weren't willing to know before. Do you, did you find it difficult at first? And then as you went along, you started to realize this is way more valuable than being a leader? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely sometimes difficult. Uh, I can give you an example. In military school, for instance, people were older than me, and they had higher rank than me because I uh, had to kind of level up on my ranks to reach yeah. high commander. But uh, I saw that they were hypocrites in their actions. Uh, they, they used to say something, but behind, behind the, their company or the, behind their people they were in, they were in charge of, they were doing something else. So uh, as me, Ahmed Khalil, like, I didn't really like that because I felt like I deserved better. But they were still giving me orders and just, uh, just telling me, okay, Ahmed, do this, Ahmed, do this. Um, I never, I never ne like, neglect anybody. To be honest, I'm a very good listener. Uh, I believe there's always something to gain through different experiences. Maybe just him telling me this. Maybe I can learn how to react to a hypocrite, for instance, telling me something. Uh, but uh, nowadays, even people uh, my age or older, I like listening. I like analyzing situations, like seeing uh, how things operate. Uh, but um, but even if someone like, because I maintain a positive circle, and the people in my circle, um, I feel like they add value to me or they're supportive in a way. And of course, there's some negative people in my life, or not negative to me personally, but maybe negative in their own sense. So those are the people I don't like. I can go along with the conversation, uh, but uh, but I won't. I like I don't get peer pressured easily. So I don't like 
fall in their, the trap of negativity. And I feel sometimes like people see me as a very positive person. Um, so they don't bring in that negativity onto me. I don't know. They just try to change themselves for me. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But I feel like sometimes it happens and they try to like, Ahmed is a role model to me. So let me act to him like a good, uh, like that person he, he wants to see or something like that in a sense. No, I definitely, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, you know, like in the sense of people not being necessarily negative around you, but they're negative in their own minds, their own mindset and the way they put their own lives. And it's very difficult to get someone out of that funk, especially from an outsider's view. Like you can't go into their life and like try and change what they're doing because Mm -hmm. all that's invasive and you know, nobody's going to listen. Nobody listens to what anybody tells them to do unless you're like a high ranking boss, like you said, but it's very hard to get someone out of a negative mindset, especially if they don't feel like they're in one Mm -hmm. with everybody else on the outside, looking in being like, you can be doing, you know, so much better, like within yourself to become a better and happier and overall more sufficient and satisfied human being. Do you feel like that with some of your friends? Um, I definitely do. Like, uh, like um, I, I feel like I'm very good at understanding people in the first, like the first impression. Mm. And I don't like wasting time, to be honest. Uh, I don't block anybody out of my life. They will always be in my life. However, I just won't fall in their trap. Or I can even reach out to them and be like, how are you doing? um how's how's everything going and that's something people like i was, I was saying how are you doing some one of my friends and they're like like did you really ask like how how am i doing and i feel like that's a very important uh phrase to ask like i can't start a conversation without asking how people are doing and just because sometimes they don't feel heard they don't have someone to talk to uh, so i always like being that person even uh if that person isn't uh that positive person I want in my circle, but I'll still reach out, see how people are doing. Maybe I can inspire and inspire them in some way or just listen to them and give them my knowledge or my experiences, how it can help them. But blocking someone off my uh, kind of circle is something I don't do. Of course, some negative people I have to, um, but I just neglect them. I don't focus on them and just focus on the journey I want to be on. Okay. I mean, it's almost, like I said before, a disease in that sense of negativity mm-hmm. kind of, being sprouted upon everybody is like you just use that example of you know asking people how they are when you start conversations some people are like awesome other people are like what like uh i'm fine how are you like they almost take it as a negative thing even though there's no negative you know things coming your way like i Mm -hmm. held the door for someone the other day and they just gave me like (laughs) those like What the hell, man? It's something yeah. like for you. And it's like you take it as a negative anatome. Like, I, I just don't understand that, like, in a sense. Like, if you've done any research in that sense, like, knowing why people act the way they do, is it, like, just their own stuff that they're dealing with, their own insecurities? Because, like, that to me is, like, I don't understand where that's that animosity is coming from. For me, just mm-hmm. you asking them how they're doing. Um, to be honest, I just... Like through some some experience I've had in my life, I just realized uh, recently, to be honest, that people are very different. You can't change someone. Yeah, like, that's very key. You can't change someone, but you can definitely inspire them or just just be just be yourself. To be honest, some people you can't even I wouldn't say inspire, but people realize maybe later than uh, earlier, like uh, where they have to be or what track they should they should take. 
So people just fall in that trap of negativity or just uh, I want to have fun all the time and, and all this. So, yeah, I just realized people are different. Uh, you just have to live with that and uh, do what you can. Uh, but focus on yourself. Like uh, I'm a very selfless person. So once I feel like someone is compatible with me or just uh, that person I want to have in my life, and then I like people like seeing people successful, more successful than me for myself. Like uh, very selfless in that sense, like their success means more than my success. And I try to help them and just uh, give them time and sacrifice time uh, to help them in any way. Um, that's after I understand the per person very well. Uh, so that's a very big sacrifice I usually do. Now, if you're able to, again, depict what they want and what their aspiration is, especially if, like, like you said, everybody's different, but if they have that same mindset, thinking like, all right, I'm going to do what I want to do and there's going to be no one that's going to stop me, like you're in that same mindset that you want to accomplish a lot of things, it's easier to get along with someone, I feel like, who's mm. in that same boat with you in a sense because mm. you're, you're both going after, you're going after different things, but you're ultimately, you know, you have the same mindset that you're determined to outwork everybody else. Yeah, and besides that, like, to be honest, I can tell you that uh, uh, I've been, like, taking advantage of in that sense, too. Like, uh, giving someone, like, sacrificing a lot of time, giving people so much effort, yeah. and then getting backstabbed in the end, like, as if I, did, as if I didn't help. But uh, for me, just giving is happiness. I don't expect something in return. That's what I've realized, that people are different. Some people, some, you can give a lot, you can give, 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 but sometimes they'll give you one, they'll give back once, or they might never. So uh, that's something I kind of set in my mind that don't expect anything in return. Do it out of love, do it out of care, do it out of helping others. Um, and I was very upset when that happened to me, just take, being taken advantage of. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> so, but now the mindset is a little different in that sense. So yeah, give uh, and don't expect anything in return for sure. Yeah, I mean, that does not feel good. I think a lot of people <laughs> can attest to that. I mean, do you like define you know getting stabbed in the back like because i feel like that's also a huge issue with people i don't want to say using other people but like basically if, if there's nothing in it for them what's the point of doing it like people don't do it in a selfless or a selfless manner i should say um you know like you were saying because it's easy to fall in line and say like okay this is what I need to get accomplished. And if I'm not getting anything out of this, what's the point of doing it? So I'm just curious, mm -hmm. like what specific, you know, things did you feel like you were getting stabbed in the back from? Was it more, you know, like little things that you noticed or was it obvious things? Uh, because some people tried, like some people try to be your friend and just, uh, oh, Ahmed can help me in this. Hey, he's a selfless person. So he'll give me your, t he'll give him, he'll give him, give me like his time. Uh, and that's something I had to realize because I can't just give every, everybody my time. I need time for myself as well. And uh, once I got taken advantage of, um, I felt like you know, like I can't just give someone my time just out of love and care. But I but I actually need to understand this person, like because you can't just get taken advantage and be okay with it. Because uh, like I w I wouldn't say I always like I never say like what's in it for me. Because even the most supportive people or the People like I gave the most in my life currently, uh, they like they don't give as much back. But that's not something like even if they give the little thing, littlest thing back. I'm just super happy. Um, but yeah, getting backstabbed is just getting someone like someone using you. Let's say to 
uh, you help someone with their resume or just help, help someone get their job. I'm just giving an example, not, not happened to me in that sense, but, and then after they get the job, they're gone. They're gone out of your life. They don't know you anymore. Uh, and not even give you that thank you sometimes or the appreciation. Uh, so that's definitely how it, uh, the backstabbing definition. Oh, I mean, that to me is very, like, you can't even, like, send the guy a text every now and then, be like, hey, man, I uh, just wanted to check in. Thanks so much for all your help, everything that you did for me, stuff like that. And, again, it's very easy to fall in line in that sense mm -hmm. of, you know, someone helps you out, and then you guys aren't in each other's lives, and, you, you, you know, you're not mm. in constant communication every day. So, like, yeah. that could be, like, a mix and match of, like, okay, I've been busy, but, like, are you really busy? Can you reach out? Like, I feel like one simple text message, like, take five seconds out of your day to do something isn't very difficult. I feel like a lot of people fall in line and say, like, oh, you know, I, I was really busy that day, but, like, were you? Like, I feel like it's all about priorities. Exactly. And uh, that's something because I was, like, this person was texting me literally every day. Uh, but when they, they wanted something and when they don't, uh, and that, that same person came to me again and wanted something again after they just left and didn't. Uh, so I was like, I, I, I totally ignored them that time, to be honest, because I realized, like, I need to prioritize my time. They didn't even show the appreciation or just that care back. So, uh, but definitely, as you said, prioritization is definitely key in that sense. So, yeah. So when you um, originally went to to the military school, like you were talking about, uh, you know, being a completely different person when it came to being a self-sufficient, independent guy, setting your schedules, like you said, being way more disciplined than you ever were before. When you first got there, how intimidating was it? Because like you said, you were one of the younger guys. How, you know, was it a culture mm -hmm. shock moment for you going in the first day? Uh, it was definitely a culture shock because, yeah, I lived in... Uh... I lived in South Africa, but I was very young at that age, so I didn't like kind of realize. But now I was 13, so it was a huge culture difference. I came from Egypt. Uh, they were like, "Give me your phone," <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, I used to wake up early in Egypt, but this time it's different. It's strict. Wake up, get dressed. You have eight minutes. You're gonna go to breakfast. You're gonna come back, clean your room. Uh, um, so it was everything was like super quick. It's like you don't, you have no time to even think about how you're doing. Uh, literally, like, uh, and then you go to this class, and then everything's just super different. And and you used to, you in Egypt, if there's something wrong, yeah. used to call your, used to call it. Am I am I lagging a little bit? No, you're good. Okay, yeah, I used to call That's my parents. The authenticity of the episode. <laughs> okay, perfect. So uh, yeah, I used to call my parents up and see what's wrong, uh, like tell them what's wrong and see if they can help me anyway. But now it's different. Like I have to. Uh, be independent of myself and how to uh, solve this issue or uh, and uh, yeah and just come come out with like a good outcome of anything if, I, if i'm feeling i was homesick for the and i remember the first day of when i went there i was crying because it just felt, felt different i was looking up in the roof <laughs> in the ceiling i mean and uh, i was in bed that day and i was just crying because it was just different like it's, i'm not i'm not home anymore it was uh, but i realized when i was there like this was the best for me and it was a good experience for me to like kind of motivate me and just pave my future to pave my future and my parents were always supportive in that and just gave me advice and it was difficult try your best and uh, eventually you just got used to it like, like things things were much easier and not not much easier i would say but you kind of knew the system 
he thinks sometimes you could do something differently than what's the rule, let's say. Not not like that. You can go around things. Uh, you made friends. Everybody knew you. You had this positive uh, impact with people or just a positive. They, they just know knew who, who I am just based on, based on experience, based on the years I've been here. And uh, I was just I became one of the kind of the eldest people in the end, just being a senior. Um, and I never basically got in trouble or anything. So I always had the people saw me in that positive outlook of things. Uh, and I, that made me very comfortable. Like see people see my my work, people appreciated my work. Um, and yeah, and sometimes I felt like it wasn't school, it was me being in the military because uh, my focus wasn't on academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, it was just uh, it was a, definitely a culture shock, and not just a culture shock. It was just diff- different environment, just environment shock too, because I wasn't used to this uh, being kind of not haunted down every day. It's just being super strict, set schedule for everything. So yeah, that's, what, that's how it was. Now looking back at though, do you look and say like I'm so thankful for that opportunity because every time I face an uncomfortable situation moving forward, I almost enjoy it because like I, I have found you know the most uncomfortable situations in life to be not comforting because they are uncomfortable, but you learn from them. That's how you grow. Going through those for weird sure. shell shock times, whether again good, bad, indifferent, ugly, whatever it is and getting through it because at the end of the day you're growing from it so like when you face a task now that kind of makes you uncomfortable and it's kind of hard and difficult do you enjoy it in that sense from a mental standpoint than where you were before before military school like you said kind of molding into a completely different person for sure no like a thousand percent like i could put uh, so many lines under that because the military school uh, did change my life tremendously and if I didn't go there, I don't think I would be the same person just with that mindset. Because uh, you were, because when we were there, we were just super stressed. So we had to do something. That like even the people that were in charge of us, uh, like the people like that we called them the attack officers in charge of the whole buildings and stuff. They weren't. They weren't there always. So it's like, how can you deal with the stress? And uh, it was very difficult away from home. They live in in different continent. You know, you, you couldn't see them for a month. So you were like, like you just, you just were kind of trapped. Like, okay, you have to deal with this. Nobody else can. So figure it out, basically. And uh, that helped me now because I see where my mindset stands. Uh, people didn't, people didn't attend military school as I did. But I can even tell you that people that that did attend military school, my closest friends, uh, don't have the same mindset as possibly me right now. Because there's something I told myself at going out of military school after I graduated. I was like, Ahmed, like I'm, you're, I'm not, I'm not gonna forget what I learned from uh, military school and all, all the sacrifices and all the stress and all the good times as well and all the bad times. But I'm gonna take those and implement them in the real world now, and that will pave my way in the future. Uh, a lot of people uh, that graduated with me. Uh, Sad to sad to say, but uh, they were some of them were most like one of the most successful people, and they dropped out of university because uh, they were going in that mindset. Okay, I'm out of military school. Let me go party and let me just do my thing. Uh, so uh, a lot of them uh, they dropped out of university, went to uh, the military, which was good. But some of them dropped and they don't know like like they don't have a direction of which which uh, kind of journey to go to. Uh, but definitely the the mindset is definitely key now. Like anything I learned, just having a schedule. I had a strict schedule in university. 
now I kind of, uh, sorry, in, in military school, now I implement that same thing in university. Being disciplined uh, is definitely key as well. Uh, can't always have that fun time, but you got to have that work-life balance. And for me, sometimes people feel like I don't do that work-life balance. But for me, I enjoy work and I enjoy what I do. Uh, so uh, that's something prioritization as well that people others don't see, but I enjoy it. So why not keep on doing it? Um, but there's definitely a lot of key traits as far as me uh, being a leader and just gaining those leadership skills uh, at a very young age, from, from the age of 13 to eight, uh, 17 at the at military school. And now I just always love leading others, uh, communicating, seeing what other, what people are doing wrong. And I, I kind of like see the differences between others and I, good and bad, and, uh, and, and how the world operates. Now I'm in the real world, not stuck in a school. So that's definitely something. Right. I mean, all more power to you. You're doing what you want and you're being mm-hmm. self-sufficient at the same time. And then you were talking mm-hmm. about people not being as self-sufficient, people going off and partying after, you know, taking what they learned um, almost the same thing that you learn. Like, I, I find it very interesting that some people took away from that experience and just went back to doing what they probably would have done if they didn't go to school, where you came out of it, you know, in a mindset way more, um, with more clarity, you could say, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you grew and you were able to grow for the better, where I feel like they just for went sure. back and did nothing, kind of resented in a sense. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you yeah. think that those two different mindsets um, ended up happening? Like you growing and them, I don't want to say they're not growing because they're going through their own experiences, but at the same time, they're not, you know, doing something that's going to benefit them in the long run. Yeah, it's definitely, so that's something to be honest, I didn't think about ever, but uh, it's definitely a key point you mentioned because maybe I feel it could be cultural, just cultural differences. Uh, uh, me, uh, my like religious views too. Just how we, I can't drink, I can't, I don't smoke either. Oh. So it's definitely something. Uh, maybe that could be something like uh, just going to parties. Um, maybe, but also the main thing for me was the support of my family because uh, they put me on the right track as well. They embedded this mindset in me, and uh, now, now until now, I still get their advice in a lot of things. But for me now, it's, I, I make my own decisions, basically. Like, of course, I get their advice, uh, what they think. But I've kind of developed my mindset. Like, I know what I'm doing. Uh, and I always plan ahead. Like, I have short-term goals, long-term goals, and daily goals. Like, uh, there's something I, on my whiteboard, I put all my tasks the, day, uh, the night before. And I don't, then, then the next day, if I don't get these tasks done, I just don't feel satisfied uh, in me. Like, uh, and sometimes there's, there's a lot, like a bunch, but I don't sleep until I get those done. And those, these, these things built, like they build habits, uh, okay. like habits and habits and habits. So um, I can definitely say it's definitely uh, how uh, my parents, uh, the advice they gave me growing up and how they, the, th- the things that they taught me, uh, the opportunities that they gave me living in Egypt, South Africa, the uh, U.S. and now Canada. So it was definitely a combination of, the, of a lot of things. Yeah, I, I guess when you put it that way, I didn't really think of it from that end of the spectrum, like you having past experiences that helped mold, mold your present experiences that, again, evolved into what you're doing now. Because people who came in 
with you probably didn't have those same experiences, at least not to the nth degree that you were explaining. Was it was it hard for your parents to let you go and say like, okay, like you got to do this to help yourself grow? Yeah, it was definitely hard. <laughs> My mom, I actually, I actually went to military school. Uh, uh, like I, I went in eighth grade. But I, uh, like I had all my bags packed, and they were with us in the U.S. Like just the first for our first day, uh, and I was ready to go. And my my mom was like, "No, I'm not letting you go. <laughs> Let Samer go, my brother first. And if he likes it, then you can go." Then I I went actually went back to Egypt. I was literally enrolled in everything. I canceled my enrollment and uh, went back to Egypt. And then that that was actually the worst. I don't know why, but was the worst uh, half semester of uh, or semester. I've ever had just academics wise. I went from dropped from a 99% to an 88%, which never happened. <laughs> so my parents are like, and my my brother came back for Christmas break, and he and he like he really liked the school. So my parents were like, uh, you have to go, uh, or like they, they just thought it was the best decision for me because my brother liked it. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult, but uh, um, it's never it's never a regretful decision ever because. My parents always tell me uh, when once they see my our success as brothers or just uh, as people, uh, they're like like wow like my our sacrifices paid off and they didn't just throw it in the in the trash and that's always always something I think about every day is like whether it's they, them sacrificing financially, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, and I also had to sacrifice a lot of things as well. Is me being away from home, also mentally, physically, being me being away from them. But uh, I always think of that when any action I do, basically in life, just am I doing doing something that they will be proud of, and I'll be proud of as well. If if it's not, then I'm not gonna do it. Uh, I never want to let them let them down. And uh, right now, is just on the track to repay all they did for me. And. Uh, and uh, that's something definitely uh, I really care about because my parents are the ones that changed my life. Uh, so it's definitely key to repay them along the way. No, it's good to have that mutual understanding too. Like you wanting to go off, do your own thing, and them having the yeah. understanding thing. Like, okay, like he's going to get experiences one way or another from doing this. And at the end of the day, looking back on it, they're probably so proud and so happy that they made the decision to, again, let you guys kind of spread out and do what you want to do. It almost took me like three years to convince my mom. I'm from the East Coast, New Jersey, New York area. And it mm -hmm. took me like three years to convince my mother to go to school out west whether it was Arizona, California, Nevada, because she just didn't want me to go. Like it literally took, I, it was like sophomore year in high school. I laid it down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to apply to San Diego state, ASU, Grand Canyon, whatever. And she's just like, okay. Like by senior year, she's like, all right, we can look at schools in Florida. Mm. I'm, I'm open to, I'm like, I've never heard of Florida. What are you talking about? So like she was very, very tough. My brother just left the nest too. He moved to Nashville, Tennessee. My sister's in Boston. Mm. So like we're all spread out kind yeah, of like you guys and we're all experiencing our own things, kind of molding and crafting our own personalities, our own experiences and our own overall, you know, human beings. So it's definitely cool to see because there's a lot of parents who, again, shelter their kids and I think that is also a big testament to people being unmotivated because they've lived their entire lives in one bubble, in a sense, in I one agree. little box. Like, they're in the same town growing up. I was having a conversation with a guy the other day who's from Mesa, Arizona, and has never left Mesa, Arizona. 
just just mm-hmm. to give you like an inkling of like what I'm yes. trying to get across. Like people do not leave their towns and they're unable to grow. They're unable to meet different people and they're unable mm-hmm. to expand their mind and knowledge. That's definitely key because I can even like you shared a good point because let's say I wouldn't say operate under your parents, but just right. living in the same house as your parents. Because you're very limited, like go out, like sometimes like I left, I left at a very young age of saying at the age of 13, eighth grade, which is very young. So you're, you're kind of going through life uh, at, at the age of like starting at the age of 13, whether people now, maybe some of your friends are 23. So that 10 year gap, I, I experienced a lot. And of course he experienced a lot, but uh, he didn't experience it on his own most of the time. Uh, so that's something definitely key of you just dealing with things on your own, whether um, instead of your parents being in charge of you the whole time. I mean, and you also have to have that own foundation of inspiration to get to that perspiration to say, this is what I want to do with my life and I'm going to go out and get it. You know, like mm-hmm. you only live once, you got zero Fs to give, this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to do and we're going to see what happens. You know, a lot of people aren't willing to take that risk which ultimately results in them staying in the nest, whether their parents want them there or not. Because again, there are parents who shelter and then there's parents who are like, all right, you're 23, it's time to leave, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that's more coming from like a father's uh, point of view than a mother's point of view. <laughs> but no, I, I can even, I actually want to ask you a question, like, because you said, you mentioned your, your mom not wanting to send you to Arizona or the West. So now when she looks, when, when she looks forward or like now when she looks back, would you still make that decision or no? Like, because she sees your success? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, these last, you know, four years at school were probably the four most productive and best years of my life, you know, physically, mentally, whatever you want to call it. So she looks back on it and be like, okay, this was the right decision. And by making this decision going here, it has allowed both, you know, my younger siblings as well, my younger sister, my younger brother, to do the same. They were able to be like, I need to leave the nest. I need to go find myself. Like, look at Jack. Jack did it and he's having a ball, you know? So like my mom was yeah. like, okay, like it makes sense. You make good points. You know, it's proven. Like if you, if you leave, mm. you know, it breaks her heart watching us leave and now we're all gone. So, you know, that, that's just a motherly in- instinct, but yeah, we were all able to create our own opportunities, our own experiences by leaving. I think it's so important to do regardless if you like your upbringing or not, because me personally, didn't enjoy growing up in New Jersey. I knew I wanted to leave right away. As as Mm -hmm. soon as I got an inkling saying like, oh, wow, I can actually go some other state for college, like I'm definitely leaving, you know? There's some people who just don't get that inkling and there's the people that um, don't necessarily, again, want to leave regardless if they like it or not. Because again, I'm saying like, I wanted to leave. There's other people who don't want to leave, but I think it's important that they should to get out of their box, meet mm. different people because people around the world are so different as you can attest to, you know, different personalities, yeah. different strengths, different weaknesses. Everybody's got their own crap going on. So I think mm. it's again, very important to get those experiences, especially early on in life. Cause how, how many different States have you lived in? Uh, in the U S I only lived once, but like four different basically cities, I'd say. Wow. See, so like everybody's different, I'm sure. Like you're you're gaining all of these different um these different yeah. stories that you can tell people because everybody's got a different path coming from different For sure. And and like no, I'm glad I'm glad you took that risk and I'm glad you're paving the way right now. And I want to add on that because some of the greatest things that happened to us 
happened because uh, we take that risk and take that first step. And uh, a lot of people, and I include myself for sure, that we're always scared to take that first step or just take action in general. But you got to uh, trust your instinct and just trust your heart and go for it. And uh, that's something I did in my life as far as going to military school, just leaving swimming in general, going in LinkedIn, uh, starting a business project or whatever it is. Uh, it's a lot of it's very it's very risky. A lot of people will oppose you. Say you can't do it. Say why why do it later? Why not now? Uh, and they'll be like, you're only 19. Don't do it now for or something, or maybe you're not knowledgeable enough. But uh, if you trust yourself and you feel like you have that self belief, and I feel that's very key. Then you should just go for it for sure. Yeah, I mean you're gonna battle adversity one way or another. Whether it's naysayers telling you wrong, whether it's mm. You know, those experiences, because those first few years in doing what you want to do, you're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. In most cases, sometimes there's those boy wonders who get it done within, you know, 12 months. But for the most point, you're, you're grinding, you know, you're scratching and clawing, putting things together. Uh, things won't click for at least a few years if you're lucky, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's hard when people are telling you you can't do it and then they see in those first few years you kind of grinding through it but still not accomplishing what you want to accomplish and they're yeah. like see see it's like i'm not finished yet you know this is mm -hmm. this does not happen overnight so it's very hard to you know um battle that sense of you know kind of bring it full circle that sense of negativity of people telling you that you can't do things because you know in their own minds they don't think they can do it for sure, and that actually relates to my uh, kind of post today that I posted on LinkedIn. I was saying that success is like a, an iceberg, that when people are at the top, let's say, give an example like uh, Elon Musk or Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, but they only see that they're the CEO of this, they're billionaires. But it took, take, took, take, took a lot of time, took a lot of sacrifices, uh, strength, mindset, uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of sacrifices. But we often forget about that and we just be like, oh, like, wow, how, how is he that successful? But we don't, uh, or no, we just like, wow, like he's successful, but we don't ask how he actually reached that point. Uh, and just looking at the success story, how he started, I believe Jeff Bezos started as McDonald's employee, uh, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. But now, like, wow, like he's one of the richest people in the world. And uh, it's amazing to hear a lot of, that's something I get motivated from. So other people's success stories and how they did it so isn't that so weird though that you know the vast majority of people will look at a jeff bezos or a bill gates and just say wow they're bill gates they're jeff bezos and they don't even like realize what they went through to get to the point to where they are right like nobody looks at the struggles the the depression that they probably went through being told no over and over and over and over again yeah. because you know you 99 of that is not out in the public. Like 99% of that is the grunt work and, you know, getting your fingers dirty and doing the work and then reaping the rewards later on that everybody else sees on social media or on television. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say like, there's two kinds of, two kinds of people. Like some people will see that and be like, there's no way I could be a billionaire and just uh, discommit, decommit right away and just not even do it. But some, some people will join that journey and see the struggles. And some people can't cope with the, those struggles because you can't, you can't, it's not a straight line. Success is not a straight line. There's always setbacks. If the people that can't overcome those setbacks, they'll also join the people that discourage, discourage. But there, there are people that will stay committed and understand that process of failure 
and that that failure is is a key pillar to success. And those are the people that will be successful in the end. Maybe they won't be billionaires, but they could be millionaires and even more than that. So it's about committing, being being determined in what you do, being passionate, and always staying persistent. So that's definitely very key. They'll be successful in their own minds, if anything else. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. be satisfied. They'll be happy with what they went through, what they were able to do to overcome it. Because there's so many, you know, I, I've had kids in my life who were, you know, handed everything early on, you know, whether it was like yeah. rewards, everything, you know, all the pity stuff that you look back on and think that it's not important anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. they were given it because, you know, th- their parents had the money or that they had the certain connections. They never really went through any struggles, which has formed their personalities and who they are today. You know, there's some mm-hmm. people that, um, again, like had to go through certain struggles and adversities and able to overcome them and form the person that they later became in life. So I think mm-hmm. it's, again, very important to have those struggles. It's almost a necessity to have those uncomfortable situations like we were talking about earlier in order to become the best possible human being that you can be for other people, not for yourself, yeah, for just sure. for yourself. Mm-hmm but for more importantly, for those around you that will ultimately create that wavelength and that path for other people to be inspired by you and help other people along the way as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You brought up some amazing points for sure. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, I don't take too much of your time. I know you got like a set schedule and everything. So uh, (laughs) yeah, like an hour here, but you know, you being, you know, a business entrepreneur now, like your long-term goal in business, like I feel like we kind of have the same mindset of saying like we have specific goals, but if they don't turn out, we're able to find different positives out of them. And we both know like, you know, God's got his own plan and we can't necessarily predict what we're going to be doing five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. So as a business entrepreneur, what are your current goals and how are you able to, you know, depict the things that you really want to do compared to the things that, you know, are, semi-important but you know that if it doesn't work out you're able to let those things go yeah for sure like uh to be honest as i mentioned there's a lot on my plate right now uh, um it's not like i'm trying to figure what i want to do uh, what i want to do uh it's more of i besides academics i wanted there's things that i'm passionate about and i'm a very ambitious person so i want to take those opportunities and never say no to those and sometimes it's good to say no but if i if i'm able to do it then i will take something whatever something that i'm not prioritize like uh, just replace something that's more uh, something i have to uh, prioritize and let that thing go sometimes you have to sacrifice that just thinking what's the best decision and that's something i did basically two weeks ago i left one of my part-time jobs for another opportunity um i just thought found that i was better and just a better opportunity for me of what i want to do as a it was a project is a project manager role and and that's what i see my uh, in me in the future i like business development I'm a very planned person. I like leading a project and I like uh, business analysis. So uh, there's things, good things that come along the way. I never expected I would get this opportunity actually got, came to me through LinkedIn as well. I didn't even apply to anything, just reached out to me and like, I want to get on a call with you and give you an opportunity. Um, so that's, there's unexpected things that happen that you have to kind of prioritize. Uh, me posting on LinkedIn, I feel like it's uh, 2020, uh, changed my life. It was the best year of my life. Actually, not changed my life. Uh, just got me in, into this business mindset. And uh, okay, I'm 19 now. Like, okay, what's next? Uh, I feel like I'm ready to be this young entrepreneur. Nothing. 
I don't know which field it is now, but it's definitely going to be something related to tech, um, just because that's the future, the digitalization era. Uh, I'm reaching out to people, I'm reaching out to professionals, and LinkedIn opened up uh, to me uh, professionals that I never expected I would talk to in a lifetime. So the unexpected could could happen anytime, uh, which is always good. And uh, that's something I'll always stay consistent on LinkedIn. I want to, I want to also share, share with people my story, who I am, and keep inspiring others and just uh, like just me being on your podcast, that's an opportunity for me because I want to share some inspiration. Maybe people hearing back home, just the listeners right now, they want to hear what Ahmed Khalil says, or maybe they, of course, maybe they didn't know me, uh, but maybe I can add some value to them. So for me, it's about adding value to others right now. Um, uh, and I felt that op- opened up a lot of opportunities for me, but the end goal is definitely possibly not the corporate life uh in the long run for sure uh because i like leading i like seeing a difference i like seeing a positive difference for sure and my end goal for sure is uh, after i graduate and i do my master's and all this and hopefully get the canadian citizenship um because uh, I, I have to go to the military in egypt and uh, if you have a brother you have to go so hopefully i can get the canadian citizenship to not go to that <laughs> wow. uh, but uh, yeah so uh, yeah, my end goal is to go back to Egypt uh, and uh, just because all these sacrifices and all this education I have, I want to spill my knowledge into Egypt. I feel there's a lot of smart people in Egypt, uh, very, very smart, but they lack the direction. They lack the mentorship. They lack uh, the infrastructure. So I feel I could definitely be a good addition to that and be a good addition to my home country, Egypt. And I feel like uh, being being from there, I uh, want to repay what the the country does and just uh yeah because i see something that's lacking and i feel like i could i could have a way to develop it and so that's definitely the future goal for sure and still i'm taking baby steps every day uh yes i'm in canada but i'm looking what's going on in egypt all the time uh just taking baby steps setting myself daily tasks short-term goals long-term goals and uh i'm i'm certain like these what i think will happen right now i feel like it will be better than it will even be better than that just uh, and that's something i've realized in the past six months just the unexpected happen and what was impossible is possible and just me being having that positive outlook outlook on things and i've had these some failures i've had some setbacks but uh, having that positive outlook on things just changed any any barrier that was in place it changed that into an obstacle that could be overcome and it just has helped me tremendously, and hopefully it will help keep helping me in my future goals. I mean, the greatest things in life aren't planned, man. I mean, you're yeah, for sure. you, know, you know, living proof of that as you know, well as me early on in our lives, millions of people around the world. And it, it's very cool to see you, know, you doing your thing because, again, you're in Canada right now from Egypt. I'm an East Coast kid living in Arizona. We would have never connected like if, <laughs> You know, no, like you weren't sure. doing your thing. I wasn't doing my thing, you know, trying to be as hardworking as we possibly can, trying to accomplish our dreams, our aspirations, our goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I find it very cool and, you know, inspiring that we were able to, um, you know, get together and, and share some certain stories about our, our livelihoods and what we're trying to accomplish. Because like you said, it, it's almost... Um, I mean, I guess I said this, but it was almost addicting in a sense that you're able to create this stuff 
constantly put stuff out and inspire thousands of people that are lo looking at your content, whether mm -hmm. it's LinkedIn, That's Instagram, right. social media, whatever. And you're able to depict that and say like, this is awesome. And you're able to create opportunities for yourselves that it wasn't necessarily able to do through an actual like business standpoint. Cause again, as a young kid, still, you know, 19 years old in this you're you're yeah. learning the ropes in, in the business world. Not everything's going to get handed to you. Not everything's going to get given to you, even though you probably deserve it. And you're going to have to yeah. have that expectation yeah. moving forward and, you know, create some of your own opportunities, which I hope we're doing right now, you know, <laughs> giving you a voice to, you know, kind of transcend that, that overall mindset that you were able to um, uh, mold over the past few years. No, for sure. No, like I really appreciate all the kind words and encouraging words. And uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. I definitely learned from you. You have some amazing experiences and, uh, and uh, thank you. Like, because to be honest, like your email was stuck in my spam. <laughs> so if I didn't see yeah. that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, I've got this opportunity and this is something I'm very passionate about. Like I love being on podcasts, uh, giving, uh, leading my voice and just uh, sharing as much as possible. So definitely if there are any, I would love for us to collaborate on uh, further uh, collaborations, just uh, any other opportunities. Uh, you ha you're very like-minded and uh, uh, this was definitely my best podcast I've been on, just the uh, questions and everything. So I really appreciate all that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity for sure. I appreciate the kind words, man. And we'll definitely collaborate on stuff. I'd love to even get on a podcast, you know, in the future as we're able to, you know, have more experiences and, you know, create different, you know, mindsets. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting to see, like, looking back at this podcast, where we are, you know, whether it's, you know, six months, a year, 10 years, sure. now, it'd be awesome to uh, see where we're at. So thanks again, man. I'll be in touch and uh, sure. have a great rest of your day. Saint, happy St. Patrick's Day, too. I'm yeah, on, happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I would love us actually, I'll, maybe I'll give you my number after this uh, episode or something just to collaborate uh, or just to talk regularly instead of email because it's a little slower. So we'll definitely uh, talk regularly. Uh, but thank you so much for the opportunity once again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, had uh, learned something as well. And of course, the listeners, um, you can definitely reach out to me. I don't know how you do the, the plugins, but you definitely reach out anytime on LinkedIn. It can definitely help you. LinkedIn journey. Instagram, whatever it is, any advice, uh, very selfless in this sense. So I'd definitely love to collaborate or just get on a call with any of you guys or text uh, to help any, any, any person that has a question. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude, she's definitely gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.